Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. SEN Fridays in the top end, 16, a.m., we will get straight into it because, Rob, this is one of the biggest NTFL weekends that I can remember, and it all starts tonight. Gary Ablett Jr., we are going to his luncheon later on. How excited are you, mate? Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited. I didn't think, I haven't really thought much about it, but then when I was driving in this morning, I just thought, geez, it's going to be good just seeing him run out there. And both sides have named a very strong, um, out, you know, both teams, you know. I think Ablett's inclusion is almost taking a little bit from the game itself, not in a bad way, but if Ablett isn't playing, it's still an amazing game. It's still clearly the match of the round in my eyes. So a very, very big game there. Raf, how was your week, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? No, not too bad. I did see you at Buffalo's training doing some exciting stuff regarding the epilepsy round. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, mate. Um, thanks for coming over and tapping me on the back, get around me. At you, you looked training. a bit lost there. I was looking yeah, over yeah, and mate, I was like, I, gee, I, I, thought is I was it, getting a few deaths there. Is it so. my responsibility <laughs> to bring him over? And hey, guys, this is Raph. He's got something very important to talk about. Yeah, it uh, wasn't. Uh, I didn't feel too comfortable, but once I got there, I actually realised you know everyone mm. down there. Um, but yeah, epilepsy round, mate. It's uh, it's exciting uh, weekend coming up next weekend, round nine. So you've got um, the all clear. Yeah, got the all clear for the AFL. Uh, I mentioned it last weekend that we were going to uh, we're waiting on a the all clear phone yep. call from the AFL NT. So thankfully for them, they've let us uh, go ahead with it. So me, Jonathan Paris, um, as everyone knows him as Boyo, mm-hmm. um, and also my first cousin James May and his wife Tara, who unfortunately we mm-hmm. lost our um, niece early on in the year in May. So been a big push and yeah. a drive to uh, get this epilepsy um, awareness round up and running. Um, they've done a couple of fundraisers themselves, but um, yeah, it's all awesome because the unfortunate thing in the charity, we don't have an epilepsy centre or uh, um, an information centre at, at all for people to go and to learn about epilepsy when they're diagnosed because it's one of those things you can be diagnosed mm. at any stage throughout your life, um, whether you're old, young. Um, so it's it's somewhere to to go to talk about, um, not to be ashamed of it, because I've myself I've had it for uh, since two thousand eight. Um, it's one thing I've hidden and been ashamed of, and um, but yeah, um, now it's bringing that forward and mm. letting people share their experiences and learn off each other and helping each other. Um, you know, not only live with it, but also mm. to, to um, you know, I don't know. Make sure there's nothing un, un, no stone unturned when you when you're dealing with it. So yeah, well, big, Ralph, I think it's coming. I think it brings a lot of awareness too because, um, like you said, you said some stat. I think one in any one in twenty four people in Australia, and I had no idea. I don't know nothing. I like I know people obviously that suffer from epilepsy, but I know nothing about it. I wouldn't know really what to do in this situation. So I'll make sure to yeah, definitely drum uh, up on that. I think the, the the freaky thing was too um, about three or four boys that I knew growing up mm. um, had sent me a. Uh, inbox message on Facebook to say, oh, you know, this is awesome what you're doing. Mm. Um, I actually have epilepsy myself, and this is guys I grew up with that I didn't really know had epilepsy. So, you know, it's helping other people not be um, shying away from it and want to talk about it and help other people. So it only, in my eyes, it's only going to be a positive, and hopefully we can um, raise some money um, next weekend and keep it going to, to get ourselves a, a nice little epilepsy center up here in the Territory. Exactly right. You're doing some great work, you and Boyo Paris there. On the field, another 150-plus point win for your Division 2 boys, Raf. Just another nail-biter to keep you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, mate. Um, <laughs> I didn't have to put the boots on either. So, um, yeah, let the boys run around and have some fun. It's it's not looking good. Um, 
You know. Why are you back there just dominating the comp raft? Gee, mate, come on. <laughs> yeah, well, like, <laughs> what are they doing? Said, I've said it since uh, round <laughs> one. We've been trying to get to uh, Div 1. Yep. Um, uh, we've sent another email throughout the week to see if we can uh, push ourselves up to Div 1. But <laughs> Keep knocking on the door, mate. Yeah, it's um, not even a response has come back. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll just keep doing what we're doing, mate, and having some fun with the older boys, uh, like I mentioned in the weeks before. But, yeah, uh, another one tomorrow against Pint. So... Pint's a bit stronger. I yeah. think we've had 100 points. Should get within 10 goals, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll give it a crack tomorrow. <laughs> very good. We have a huge show this morning. We have Matthew Stokes coming up very, very shortly. Palmerston, ball magnet, Baxter Mench, and the new crocodile, Ronnie Fijo. This is SEN Fridays in the Top End, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays at the Top End, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Big news with Gary Ablett in town. We have seen the photos of him. What kind of shape do you reckon he looks in, Robbie? Oh, he's probably carrying a couple of kilos, but nothing too crazy. He looks fit enough to run a muck up here. Ready for that Darwin heat? Oh, don't think anyone can really be ready when <laughs> he come from Geelong. So, it's but he's playing a night game, so hopefully it's all right for him and he can just yeah work into it. Ralph, a little less fanfare when you played your first game back in the <laughs> NTFL. Can you tell us about? Uh, we have spoken about it before when we were talking with Stephen Motlop and all that. But what is uh, what can Ablett expect? in his first game at local footy after playing at the elite level? Yeah, I think it's um, the, the heat, obviously, which is the number one thing up here, which all we know. Mm. Um, I think those night games, too, you just forget how slippery oh, the Oh, yeah, it's a bar of soap. Um, yeah, so doesn't matter how long you've played for. Like, if you're not using gripper out there, um, yeah, on, come to come to oh, tonight, actually, because um, mm. that sweat, once that sweat and that dew or whatever it gets on that ball, it's, it's yeah, like you said, like a bar of soap. and. But, yeah, you never know, like, if he blows himself up straight away because he's too excited. He's his first game since his last AFL game. So that's an interesting one in itself. But Stokes, he did mention to us, like, throughout the week that um, he was getting himself pretty fit, mm. so he didn't want to come up here and just stand in a forward pocket. So, yeah, it looks like uh, Gary's going to put on a bit of a bit of a show, hopefully. We have had sneaky little hints that Ablett is ready to go and here to play. He's not just here for a little exhibition. He's said that he's a competitive guy and he's getting back into some, I think, competitive basketball and local sport and that sort of stuff. So clearly he's ready to go. Are you guys going to the game? Yeah, I'm definitely going down. Um, it's going to be really good. So I'll uh, see what the weather brings in this afternoon, mate. So. Yeah, <laughs> could be an yeah, afternoon I'll, storm, I'll yeah. Fair chance I'll be there. Afternoon storm, Ralph? Oh, pretty going on the last three afternoons, I'm thinking there's going to be a, a late afternoon storm, or maybe a 5.30 storm. So I've had a few debates with people during the week about what kind of position and what kind of role Gary Ablett will play. I reckon that you start him on ball. I reckon he starts alongside Matthew Stokes and just gets right in there straight away. Um, I don't like the idea of Ablett playing like as a deep forward and then you've got two or three Saints players on him. Everyone at Palmerston's like super Ablett conscious and just bombing it on his head and everyone's jumping all over him. I just don't like that. I reckon you get Ablett around the ball early, get him in there with his mate Stokesy and see how we go. Robbie, where do you reckon you play him if you're Josh Heath? No, I reckon definitely start him um, on the ball. I think that's a good decision if he does start on the ball and then just moves forward. Um, throws around that match-up as well. And, um, yeah, that's how I'd probably play him. Yeah, I think your best option is, yeah, one-on-one in the clearances. So, mm. you know, that's the best thing about the 6-6 six, six in rule. Mm. Um, you can you can get your one-on-ones in the centre square bounce. And, you know, if it gets tapped to his advantage, he's going to burn anyone for pace, even though he's, you know, looking almost 40. Or mm. he almost is 40. Yeah, he's 38. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah, then he can just... I think after every center square bounce, just to tell the players a high half forward and just play mm. footy. Have yeah, fun. I agree. And I think too, with like Saints are obviously going to put some defensive players on him, whether that be Parnell or Ling or someone like that. 
Uh, Palmerston will need to support Ablett and bash and crash these blokes that are, that are playing a tail on Ablett. So I think that's easy to do around the contest as well rather than up forward where you can get those little elbows in the yeah, back all day it. long. So what's your crowd prediction? Oh, it's a hard one. Um, there's a lot of, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot 4, of talk 000. in town. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of um, people saying they're going. Um, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, I'll go 5,000, yeah. yeah. Which, is, which is a solid crowd. Yeah, the biggest definitely. crowd of the year. Yeah, then it'll be one of the biggest. very often do it during a normal round of the season. No. Um, so, yeah, be, it'll be good. I think it'll be good to compare that crowd with the excitement and the build-up of the Favola, Favola game. Does yeah. anyone remember that Brennan Favola game? We haven't yeah. planned for this conversation, but I tell you what, that was one of my favourite <laughs> minor round games that I've ever seen. It wasn't just Favola. Daniel Mollett was playing his first game back for Wanderers, and then you had Waylon Manson, the Kimberley sensation, kicking 10. Yep. Yeah, I think me, my old man, and Justin Wilson went to that one. So yep. Fez had had a fair few. Yeah. So he was, uh, does. Yeah, he was running right that day. But yeah, it was a very good game. But... Yeah, I big crowd. Oh, yeah, what was it? Probably seven. Oh, I don't know, but it was just—it was also accentuated too by the fact yeah. that it was at gardens, you know, yeah, small sort of ground, and everyone's parking around the botanical gardens and all and that sort of stuff. Favola yeah. famously told Waratahs, "Yeah, don't worry about giving me any money. I'll just take the gate or something." <laughs> <laughs> they backfired on them pretty quick. Yeah, I've told this story about a hundred times, but. I ran into Fev in town one time at about 4 a.m. the night before, and I said, how many goals are you going to kick tomorrow, Fev? Like, full footy nuffy mode. Mm. And he was like, what? What? Couldn't hear me in the club. And then he said, mate, I'm not here for footy. <laughs> and then it looked like his night wasn't ending anytime soon. Yeah. What's your prediction for Gary Ablett's stats? So I'll, I'll start. I'll go with 23 touches and a couple of goals for the little master. Yep. Yeah, mid-20s. Mid-20s at least. Um, and he's got to get on the end of at least two or three. I yeah. To give the crowd a show Kick one from the pocket, maybe. I've got 18 disposals and three goals and maybe four tackles. Yeah, four so. tackles. He's even got for tackles. Yeah. <laughs> I'll add that in since Good you series. didn't mention it. <laughs> hey, Rob, I reckon we do need to talk about the other teams as well. So let's go into the NTFL power rankings. It was another interesting round of football last week and it will be another interesting round coming up this weekend with a lot of the top sides facing off against each other. Where are these teams at at the moment? Uh, yeah, no, it's a pretty close competition. Um, I think Waratahs and Districts just off, you know, haven't only lost one and two games. They're probably sitting pretty at the top. Um, mm. So, that yeah, they're there in the top two. So, if Waratah are on top, what do Crocs need to do? Is there a gap between Waratah and Southern Districts? And what do Southern Districts need to do to close that gap? I don't think there's too much of a gap. I think you just continually win... Win the games that you know that like the southern the trip to Tiwi was going to be a tough one for districts. I'd still tipped them, but you wouldn't have been surprised if they lost and they won by forty points. So that's that's a side of a good side, I think. So they're sitting pretty there in the top two. Um, Who's below them? So you got the next who wants the box seat. So you got the next four teams. I've got them in order as Nycliffe, Palmy, St Mary's, Buffs, which is is what it is. Um, so could change this weekend, couldn't they it? They all play each other this mm. week. So who wants that third spot? And it's very tough to win it from four or five. So whoever wins out of those guys, you know, if Saints win against Palmy and then Nycliffe win, then that puts them above the other two. But you just don't know, do you? And Rob, it's impossible to win it from six. So one of these four teams will miss out on the finals, which adds a bit of intrigue. It's not just that jostling for third, fourth and fifth. There will be one of these teams that uh, are going to be a very good team missing out on the finals. You couldn't imagine Nycliffe missing out on the finals. You know, Palmerston and Saints, like Saints haven't started well, but they never miss the finals. And, and Darwin Buffalo is right now the sixth place team. If you've, if you've got Prime Train and Mitch Robinson and players like that, Darwin Buffalo is going to have a very, very, very good team on paper this season. So whoever misses out out of those six teams is going to be a very, very good team. Yeah, and it depends also like what, how strong your sides are against those bottom three sides as well. If you can not bring any fly-ins and beat those bottom three and then save a bit of coin. And it's not as easy this year, though. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, but I think Pints, Tiwi and Eagles are in that frame now, yeah. probably where you could 
miss out on a few fly-ins and still beat them. Maybe later in the season as well. They could mm. potentially drop off once that excitement around Pint sort of goes and Tiwi and Wanderers start thinking, yeah, look, we're not going to make the finals here. Yeah. So they're the bottom three teams. Tell us about those. Yep. So I did have Pint's fifth last week. They've dropped to seven. Um, they were under man on the weekend, but they just looked, you know, they did look very slow. Um, Tiwi, I think, might have just died off a bit. Um, but, you know, maybe... I am predicting Eagles beat Tiwi this week, so maybe we can change that around. But the same thing, like Wanderers as well are really struggling. They're the side out of those three that could sneak a few wins later in the year, but at the moment it's just not looking too likely for them, is it? No. Plenty of NTFL talk, so we will keep pressing on with our NTFL discussion, Rob. The good, bad and the ugly has been a controversial segment over the last couple of weekends. We will normally start with the good, so we will continue starting with the good. Who was that this week? Oh, good was Matty Green. I was mm. thinking pre-game, we'd like put my coach's hat on, I thought. And I didn't mention on the radio, so I was shattered, but I thought, how could you turn, you know, the opposition's strength into a weakness? And Saints did just that. Matty Green killed John Butcher and just ran mm. off him and had 20 disposals and Butcher had three. Yeah. So Matty, and his voice as well was like crazy. I was sitting at the Oval having a few uh, blackfishes mm. and um, you could just hear him just dictate and telling everyone where, where to go and that leadership. He's, you know, he's probably one of their most important players now, Matty Green. That's pretty impressive that you mentioned his voice because he isn't like a local St. Mary's guy, isn't he? He's fairly new to the club um, and yeah. a very, very good player. Raph, what do you know about Matthew Green? Have you been impressed with his performances this yeah, year? Yeah, mate, ever since he's come across, I still remember him playing his first game against us at Waratahs yeah. when I was back in, two, it must have been 2000 and, when was that, 2000 and, yeah, mid twenty, yeah, around about then. Yeah. Maybe a bit older. No, I think he's, he's still a pretty young fella. Yeah. What was I talking about? Um, yeah. Maybe thirteen or fourteen. Um, <laughs> and he 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 still he was Waratah's best mm. player that day for a seventeen-year-old, I think, or yeah. eighteen-year-old. But just his voice, like Robbie mentioned, his voice on the weekend. Not only did it stand out, but he, he just knew what he was. You know, mm. he you knew where he, where he was. He just dictated the whole game. Um, and. Yeah, it just looked awesome the way he set up of of butcher. Um, yeah, and I mentioned a couple of blokes like he he's he's got a bit of young Ralph Clark about him. So <laughs> I, yeah. I liked him a lot. So he's he's one of my favourite players at the moment. Old Greeny. Yeah. Plenty more to come on this morning's show. We do have to finish the good, bad, and the ugly a little later on. This is Sen Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays in the top end, thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. Robbie, Raf, we have a huge game of football today, and a man central to it all is Maddie Stokes. Maddie, do we have you? Not too bad, mate. How's the body feeling? How's the excitement levels? Actually, I've trained the last two nights with the boys. Um, yeah. Obviously, still adjusting to the heat, uh, but excited. I'm, I'm really happy to um, to be up here and, and playing again with the Maggies, and obviously brought a friend, which is which is nice and. Um, obviously, um, I've stolen the um, the limelight, but um, I, I think this um, whole game's about um, you know introducing Gary to to the territory people and, and everyone who's involved in footy up here and, and um, you know having a good game tonight. Yep, Gary arrived yesterday. How did the Palmy Army react? We have seen a little bit of vision, but it's been quite limited. Was there a lot of fanfare? How how was everybody? There last night, um, and a lot of just neutral supporters. To be honest, a lot of guys just wanted to meet Gary up with himself. Um, but um, the players and, you know, we had a, uh, an all-club training session last night for the first bit, um, you know, where the girls joined in and, um, you know, the, the, the couple of the grades below. And, you know, it was just great to be able to get there. They were obviously all shy to introduce, introduce themselves to Gary. But, um, you know, once they got going, um, Gary thoroughly enjoyed himself. And I'm pretty sure everyone else did training with um, him as well. 
Stokes, you Rafi, your brother. How you going? Um, mate, good to see you back. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually seeing you play first game in the territory since what you were 16, maybe. Or is it? I think he played a couple of years ago, but I'd love to. I'd love to hear his stories about when he played as a 14-year-old. Rafa, that was that was, that was a bit before my time, yeah, a little bit, but one of the youngest players to ever play in the NTFL. Yeah, looking forward to that. You know, I played with. I still think I've played with a lot of great players, even including AFL. But one of my favourite players was to play with the late Jerry Frank. Mm. Um, you know, I, I just thought he was sensational. I, I and I still remember. You know, I've got some great memories of playing with Gary Ablett, but some of my finest memories are watching Jerry Frank, um, even Dion Grant play um, back in the day. And you know, I, I was really lucky enough that I, I was able to be brought up with um, some players who were really good, but also looked after us from a from a physical perspective for playing senior footy at such a young age. And um, you know, playing with exactly. Nicky Wimmer and Mark West, it was just um, incredible. So um, you know, hopefully we can add another. But I haven't been St Mary's for a long, long time, um, Raf. So hopefully tonight we can get a win over you guys. Yeah, I think you've got a couple of good ins there, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Hey, I love your memories of that Palmerston side in the early 2000s. You mentioned Jerry Frank. There's some very, very good players there. Hey, what's your prediction for tonight, mate? How many touches are you going to get? I, I, I'm not about... I've never been a touch man, but, you know, look, I'm hoping to be able to play a part. I, I think, for me, um, this trip is, is totally about um, uh, putting AFL and T and, and NTFL football back... Um, you know, in front of people's noses. And then that's bringing Gary Apple up here and being able hey, to... Hey, Matty, brother, really, really sorry. We're going to have to cut you off a few audio issues here, but good luck for tonight. And I hope you get 30 touches, mate. Good luck. Thanks, Matty. Sorry, brother. Thanks, Thanks. Matty. Time for the news. SEN Fridays at the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Robbie, probably my favourite segment, the SEN Top End 10, is coming up. Yep. We do have a man who's going to feature very prominently on our list, Baxter Mensch, coming on the show very, very shortly, the Palmerston Ball Magnet. But let's get into your list. Let's start at number 10. Uh, number 10 is going to be Jaden Magro. So Mags has kicked 21 goals leading now. Leading goal kicker, hey? Yeah, leading goal kicker. He's only been in the best players once for where it does, but I think that might be a bit like they expect so much of him, maybe. And mm. he's, he's pipped Scotty Carlin and... Uh, you know, uh, Dill Collis there for that yeah. spot. I thought a, a, probably a Waratah bloke should have been in there and Magro gets the the, uh, the chockies. So Collis and Carlin both had 30-plus on the weekend in a big win against Wanderers on the periphery of that top 10. Number nine is a new entrant. Uh, Nate Paredes. So Nate was really good on the weekend, had a captain's game, led from the front and kicked a few. Uh, kicked a couple of important goals as well. The bloke's just so consistent that you can't leave him off the list any longer. Nah, exactly. And he's um he's, he's overtaken because Lant went out injured last mm. week, so he's overtaken Lant, has been the number one St. Mary's player. Number eight is a guy going on a bit of a holiday. Yeah, so you've got Darley, number eight from the Tiwi Bombers. So, uh, yeah, he's... Well, he's looking at a four or five weeks, mm. isn't he? So he's going to really... Suspension, well, of yeah, course. Yeah, suspension for that hit on uh, Jake McQueen. Yeah. So Darley will probably be out in the next week or two. Number seven? Number seven's Ed Morris from uh, Waratahs. That Pints, uh, Banks player that's just come over to... Uh, Waratah's doing the midfield role. Staff in the Gippsland area, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and he's played. I think he's been at, played at Casey Demons and a yep. few of those clubs. Um, he's kicked two goals, and his difference between him and the other ball getters at Waratah's is that he does get on the scoreboard. Exactly right. What makes him such a good player? For me, it's his consistency. Every week I'm looking, you know, we look, review this top 10, and I'm always checking Ed Morris' stats because he's out of the top 10. He's probably the player that I'm the least familiar with. Mm. So I'm watching him play. I'm looking at his stats, and they're impressive every week. Yeah, he doesn't, and he's not the type in that side that looks super impressive as well, but he just keeps 
like knocking up, getting it. Um, especially when Waratahs have been challenged in games, he's been one that's always stood up from while the others have gone quiet. Mm. Number six. Uh, six is Neville Jetta, who's not named this week, which is interesting. But Neville Jetta at six had the buy, so nothing there to talk about. No, not much there. Number five. There's plenty to talk about with number five. Yeah, so number five is Stephen Motlop. So mm. Stephen Motlop has dropped back down after a five-disposal game. Um, and he's carrying an injury, isn't he? He looks very, so, very sore, Rob. Yeah, so Motties has gone down to five. Mm. And number four has been a player who, in my opinion, over the last couple of weeks has probably been one of the more influential players in the competition despite his team's poor form. Yeah, so Ryan Nyhouse, um, number four. So Ryan Nyhouse at centre back. He had the play on a big last week, mm. um, which isn't really the role he plays like at Nycliffe. Um, they'll get Deary back this week, but he's been outstanding, Ryan Nyhouse. He's very versatile, though. Like, we do see him as a defender, but I know Nycliffe has played him up further in the ground over the last couple of years, and I think even at stages this year. So a very versatile player, isn't he? Yep, very versatile. Um yeah. So number three. Number three is Matty Dennis. So Matty Dennis has you know, put on a great performance on the weekend against Southern Districts, against Tiwi, sorry, on the islands, um, and looked outstanding. So I thought I was going to have him at number two, but he's held number three. Mm. So Dennis, 35 hit-outs last weekend against Tiwi Bombers. Very, very good player. He's been a champion player up for a, in Darwin for a long time now. No, not many individual accolades. I thought one of those years he probably... Could have pipped a Nichols medal, but didn't quite get there. This bloke has knows what it's like to have a Nichols medal around his neck, and yep. that is number two. Yeah, so Brody Philo. I actually seen him on the foreshore on Wednesday night, run past on the extras. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, I, I didn't. I was almost had Philo slipping back to three, but he had a really good you know possession game on the weekend and was twenty-seven disposals, twenty-seven, and was influential for Nycliffe and was in their better players, wasn't he? Yeah. So is that the justification of moving Philo above Dennis? There wouldn't be too much between those two, would there? No, nah, there's not much, you know, there's not too much between them, but they're both breathing down the neck of Baxter Mensch, but Baxter Mensch had the buy and maintain that number one spot. Number one, Baxter Mensch. So we do, I believe, have young Baxter on the line, but before we talk to Baxter and introduce him to our guest, tell us about why he's in the number one spot, Robbie. Oh, he's just consistently racking up high numbers for Palmerston. Um, been in their best players, I think, maybe five out of six games or whatever it is. Like, I think the one game he didn't get in the best, he was also still in the best, realistically. Yeah, and round one, he had that really massive game mm. that set himself up for a great season. Yep, a very, very good player. Baxter, do we have you on the line? Yes, you do. G'day, boys. Thanks, Adam. G'day, mate. Thanks very much for joining us. Hey, just off the top, how did you get to the club? How did you arrive at Palmerston? Um, the funny one, I had a mate, um, my club down at Geelong sort of get me across Ethan Whittle he um, sort of said the coach was looking at me and mm -hmm. I had a few chats with a couple of other Geelong West boys who said they were keen to come up and I've heard only good things from coming up here and the experience so I thought I'd give it a go and sort of just winged it straight up the AFL Grand Final and got up here so yeah what, what are some of the key differences, Baxter, for yourself between the Geelong Footy League, which is a strong league, one of the strongest yeah. outside of the uh, VFL, compared to the NTFL, mate? Um, I guess, got to say, probably the space that it gives you. Like, there's not really as much structure up here as there is down south, too. Like, I feel I've got more, a lot more freedom to run and use my uh, endurance ability sort of thing. So... Um, that's probably the main thing. Um, and, yeah, obviously the heat's another thing. So I've gotten used to that now, um, two months in or whatever. So, yeah, those are probably the main differences. Yeah, and how, how has it been, like, a training last night? And did you know that Gary Ablett yeah. was going to be a chance to play when you signed up at Palmerston? 
Um, yeah, I, as soon as I signed up, like a few days after, I got I got the whisper in the ear, and I was like, oh, surely not. Like, surely he's done by now. But um, yeah, then he came trained last night. He was harassed by the little junior juniors there, um, and all the media was there, and pretty much the whole club was there. So. Yeah, it was, it was great to see him out the track, and he's looking fit and ready to go. So tonight's going to be exciting. Hey, Baxter, your old man David had a good AFL career and played a couple of games in the NTFL yeah. for the Darwin Buffaloes. Were you aware of that? Yeah. How I come you're not in the double blue? <laughs> I actually wasn't aware until I came here and Philip Wills told me because he played with him. But Buff, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a surprise to me. And then Dad ended up telling me that he was up here. So I was like, oh, right. Um, but yeah, it's Caden Farmson, so I'm I'm very happy with that decision there. Baxter, you've had a great start to your football up here. You did speak about the unstructured nature of the game and how it suits yep. your style. Have you been surprised yep. with how well you've been able to adapt to footy in Darwin? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I think I know it's a tough one because I didn't really pick up my like best footy form until. I came into the GFL earlier this year, so I, I thought it'd be hard to adapt um, straight away. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, 43 touches, whatever, but mm. it's sort of it's sort of a tough one because I didn't think I'd be able to adapt to the heat or anything like that. So yeah, I'm, well, I think, I'm happy with how I'm going. So yeah, I think too, Baxter. Like the can't sell your season short. If you look at the list, we do our top ten um, every week, yeah. and. The players yeah. that you're ahead of, like no. Sam Darley and Stephen Motlop and yeah. Matthew Dennis, Brody Fyle, I'm not too sure if you're aware of those players, but they are some very credentialed players. Neville Jetta, Ashton Hams. Yeah. Have yeah. you been following the list? Yeah. Oh, Did I'm... you know that you're aware of it? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you check Facebook yeah, every following. every Friday? <laughs> yeah. <aren't you? laughs> yeah, it does follow up on my feed every now and then. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's coming up. But, I mean, I'm playing with oh, some of those old great. So it's sort of... It sort of pinches yourself sometimes to see some of those lists up there and seeing that you're at the top, so... Um, no, it's, it's, it's an honour and a privilege. Yeah, Baxter, have you got any aspirations to go higher um, in your football, like to a higher league, maybe like Geelong VFL or trying to get that spot yeah. in a Geelong list? Yeah, I've been speaking to a couple of VFL teams at the moment. I'm still in the works of it. Um, but yeah, that, that was definitely the dream coming into the the GFL season this year and then continuing up to this year to get a bit more traction um, at the NTFL was... Uh, get a spot on a VFL list. I'm not too sure where yet, but um, that's the main goal. And this is just getting a bit more extra pre-season too, I reckon. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to continue the rest of the season and um, seeing where it goes. Hey, mate, how did Gary Ablett react when he was told that he'd be playing the decoy role for you tonight? Did he Did he get a bit disappointed? <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> no, What's his role tonight, do you know? Um, oh, I think he'll be... I don't know if I want to give too much away, but I think he'll be nah. running along the half-forward line or whatever. Josh, he might stay uh, on the bench. Probably... Yeah, he might stay on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, so I think he'll yeah, play along the like, half-forward line, um, sort of do his own thing. He was nailing every single shot he had at goals last night training, like straight to the middle. So, I mean, I think he can play wherever he wants to play. So, yeah, Dad mm. was a decoy back for his old man uh, in the, back in the day, so I'll probably do the same. So, your old man played with Gary Ablett Senior, that's correct, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever spoken to him about that experience or about playing with those Geelong legends? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it comes up on Fox Show every now and then and yeah. he shows me all the highlights and stuff like that. He does speak <laughs> a bit about it. Um, but yeah, it, it's 
pretty surreal to say that your dad's played with, you know, one of the goats of the game. So yeah. not many people can say that. And, he's, yeah, he's, he's told me some stories and all that, all the likes of that. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. Last one for me, Baxter. Is Darwin footy what you expected? What had you heard about the comp before your arrival? And has anything surprised you? I know you did touch on the differences before, but is that something yeah. that you were prepared for and you knew, yep, that was definitely what was going to happen? Has anything surprised you about football in the top end? Um, to be honest, I, I was yeah very shocked. Oh, I bring five jumpers. Though. I didn't realise how hot it was. So that's one thing. But with footy... You don't those. Um, yeah, I won't know those. I haven't used them yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been the quality, the quality. I didn't realise it was going to be this good up here. Like as you said, the top end talent they got up here. Um, it's surreal, um, and yeah, I, I didn't expect it to be this fast. It's I, I was sort of struggling to get to each contest. As a midfielder in Geelong, you, you get into each contest because there's a lot more stoppages and stuff like this. But we only had twenty, like fifty seconds time on in the quarter um, during yeah. the year against Wanderers. So I was like, what's going on here? Like, why are the quarters so shortened? But um. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's one of the main things. Getting to every contest is sort of hard, and I think my numbers have sort of gone down a bit from GFL. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be getting team success at Palmerston, and I feel like we're turning the culture around. Yeah, and most importantly, mate, you have retained your spot at number one on the SEN Top End 10. So, you know, like and share that list around all the boys in Geelong, and we'll get some yeah. get a bit of following going here. <laughs> we'll see about that. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks very much for joining man. us, and good luck tonight. Thanks, Menchie. Cheers. Thank you. Robbie, we have a lot of NTFL to discuss after the show. Obviously, it's the most exciting week I can remember for a very long time. We will throw to a break very shortly, but we're doing the good, bad, ugly over the course of the whole show today. So mm. we've done our good, and that was Matty Green's performance on John Butcher. 20 disposals Green had uh, in a winning team against Butcher, who only had the three disposals. What is your bad? Uh, well, my bad's Nycliffe. Um, no doubt they're inaccurate and they should have won, but they didn't, you know. So they do rely heavily on Butcher, Wilson and Philo. And if those guys aren't at their absolute peak, then they do struggle. Um, they started Willow on a back flank on, you know, the dangerous Fowler, which mm. I thought was a very Bit strange... Bit of an match-up. Odd match-up. He hasn't played back in years. And to be told at the game when he rocked up that he was doing that for one of your leaders and barometers, I thought was a strange decision. But they have lost three games in a row now. So they, I don't reckon most seasons they've lost three in a whole season. No. So there are little alarm bells there coming in against Buffaloes. And if Butcher's going to put zero pressure on, they'll need a plan to cover this because Butcher was standing at full forward while Matty Green was up past halfway running and creating so if they're going to let Butcher do this and then spray other blokes they're going to have to have someone else cover off on him um, and also thought Saints small forwards got a hold of him on the weekend they got a hold of him 18 months ago in the finals and that sort of thing and they never rectified that issue in that grand final they shouldn't have won mm. and now I sort of worry about how it's going to go and how the buff small forwards going to go against them this week yeah, well, obviously, Robbie, I'm a Buffs man, so I'm in the Buffs camp for the game against Nycliffe this weekend. But I'm interested in your opinion. They've lost two on the trot. Do you have them favoured to win this weekend? I've got them favoured to win this weekend. I've got them third. But it's just of what they can bring as a mm. team. Their sides was a lot better than Saints on paper. But I've seen St. Mary's walk past me when they were getting warmed up and they seem ready to go. And I don't know if Nycliffe, you bring so many blokes together, don't know how you bring that chemistry as well, you know. And also, I noticed um, Iggy and Johnny A were there helping, which is, you know, a big in for Saints. Yeah. Do you think um, Nycliffe's best um, compared to their worst player, the gap was too big, mate? Is too big, maybe? Like, there's no... 
I think there's a bit of complacency setting in a little bit. I think when you're a very good team, it's hard to be very good all the time. And that's what we don't give some areas enough credit for over the last 70 years, really, that they've maintained that level of consistency. They've always been the benchmark team. And Nycliffe, obviously, you know, they've lost two games and we're saying that it's, you know, it's an emergency situation or anything like that. They might come out with a big win this week. I hope they don't, but they might and and get their season back on track. So Mm -hmm. I reckon the Tigers... um, you talk about the difference between their best and their worst, Raph. For me, and I'd be interested in Robbie's thoughts, I just think that there are, there are a lot of teams in the comp now that can beat Nycliffe. And by that, I mean when Nycliffe are in their dominant uh, period, teams that were fifth and sixth, like I think Buffaloes and Waratahs are around that mark, they were still 10 goals worse than them. Yep. Where I think that you've got your Saints and your Buffs and your Nycliffe and Palmerston and that those group of teams in that log jam from third to sixth, they can all beat your Waratah and your Southern Districts on their day. That's how it's I read very, it. Also, tight comp too, isn't it? Yeah, and also you factor in the financial aspect. Nycliffe are more financially secure than other clubs and Nycliffe have seven or eight very strong fly-ins. Mm. They're going to bring them in every week now. So they're going to they're bringing in Deary this week. They had three against um, Saints. They're going to have another three. They, they can go three different ones every week. Will Daniel Bowles play? I, I'm hearing Daniel Bowles might move back before Christmas. There we go. So he'll be a local. But yeah, so I think Hartlett, by all accounts, probably isn't going to play on, um, play finals anyway. But mm. Deary was is an important one for him. But I, I think they're going to have a good enough side most weeks to probably finish third. But you know that's going to take Waratahs or Districts to drop off. And I think St Mary's right now. You know, could be as well in that mark as well. Yeah, it'll be a very, very interesting season. Big, big day ahead. We have, well, I've got to go teach my year threes, and there's all the Gary Ablett stuff he plays tonight at TIO Stadium. A big show still. We have to get through all of last week's games and Mm -hmm. preview the upcoming round. You need to tell us what is ugly about the NTFL later in the show, so we're looking forward to that. Plenty to come here on SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. So, Raph, I've just got me ugly to go through. Yep. Uh, so, the ugly one for me was just the weather on the weekend. Some more junior games cancelled. Obviously, this is out of NTFL's control sometimes with the uh, lightning and all that. But I just, you know, there was just a lot of games that just been cancelled. Um, how was it in your junior days? Like, how laid back were they with the uh, lightning and the heat stuff? Yeah, it definitely was a lot more laid back, mate. Um, I think the lightning had the hit sort of one of the lightning, t- oh, the light towers before we, yep. <laughs> I think we got rushed off, not not seeing one coming from, you know, a good 20 kilometres away and sort of hold every run up or keep you in the change rooms. Um, there's quite a funny story, like this is going back way before my time. Yep. My old man, I think they were running around doing the warm-up back in his day um, and the lightning hit the fence around the, the oval and knocked every player over on their feet. So um, mm. they all ended up on their backside. So hopefully nothing like that happens. But I think we are maybe jumping the gun a bit too early. Um, yep. But then again, like, you know, you don't want anyone injured and, and, and safety this day is paramount. Yeah, I, I think as a solution, I wonder if they should do something where they're playing football a bit more in the dry season for some juniors. Yeah, definitely, mate. During your time at Thunder, you guys were pretty, um, yeah, you guys would have been a top side as well. I think during my time, we won the 16s Nationals. Um, 18s, we beat Queensland, but we didn't beat a couple of the other sides. But we were versing Queensland and New South Wales yep. teams. And I think now the under-18 side are getting beaten by the Swan side of Gi- yeah. Giants. They're beaten, getting beaten by two New South Wales sides and both comprehensively. I think something with this junior stuff, I think there might need to be more development. 
Yeah, and playing more out through that dry season, like you mm. said, to keep them, you know, their footy and the fresh in their minds, because yep. a lot of them do tend to bounce from sport to sport. Um, yeah. So that might help. But Brent Renoff is the right man for the job, and I think that that squad in the next couple of years is going to be a very, very dangerous squad. Yeah, even if they, yeah, I, I'm, even if they started a dry season comp where they did it, you know, at TIO and they mixed up the teams and kids play with blokes from other clubs, I'd be happy to pay three or four hundred yeah, for my mate, son to play. Yeah, there'd be a lot of blokes who'd be willing to jump in and have a kick. Um, I, I, I jumped down there a couple mm. of times last year and had a kick with the Masters. That's how itchy I was for a kick, mate. So, yeah. And I actually, yeah, scrape into that Master group category unfortunately <laughs> yeah so another aspect of that Raph that I didn't tell you about but I wanted to talk about was junior development stuff how old were you when you were playing under 14s and that sort of stuff yeah so back then you had to wait till you were 11 so yep. it's a you know we didn't have all this under 10s and mm. all that back then so yep. the, the kids are you know the, the best thing about it the, the game's growing so you're getting the start at a younger age but yeah, we couldn't play any. Well, the only sport we played was um, school footy on the Friday. Mm. Um, open footy, they called it, and um, yep. you play every Friday until you were 11 years old and play under 14. So it mm. was a, a bit of a long wait then. Yeah, and you, you wouldn't have played much 18s football. No, I, I skipped most of 18s. I think I played yep. a couple of times when I was still under 16s and mm. um, while I, you know, back, dropping back from the seniors to make sure I didn't cross over that rising star. A figure so I could win it the next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think some of this development does have to come back to the clubs because it's all from under tens onwards. Like Saints have done well doing the under tens, but I actually got in trouble for playing a sixteens kid in the eighteens in lieu of a eighteens kid who wasn't yeah, training. Yeah, it's, it's a which, funny one, which is something that shouldn't happen. And the year later, he, he won the eighteens best and fairest. Yeah, I'm not too too sure about that one, mate. If you, if you're good enough to play a higher grade and you you got the body size or you know, even if you don't have a body size, mm. but footy smarts and you can get the footy and not be hurt or yeah. get away from the bigger guys, um, yep. there should be no holding anyone back. Yeah, and I, I, I sort of, my personal opinion as a coach is I sort of think once it gets to under-14s level, I sort of think it shouldn't be everyone equal game time. Yep. So I think if there's a kid that's better than my kid that plays on the ball and comes off for five minutes the whole game, I'll wear that. Yep. It's my responsibility to get my, if my kid's not good enough, then I, I take that on myself. And yep. I'm actually telling my son that now, so he's only 10. <laughs> but I'm, like yeah, I'm just telling him, mate, you've got to make sure. Now, these are your development years. Enjoy it. But, you know, because that St. Mary's, he's in Saints under 10s in the Divi 2s. Going well, but that Divi 1 side they've got, a lot of the answers yeah, for that, that Joe boys, they're, they're really good players. That Divi 2 side, um, I've seen them have their first win on the weekend, and they played against the Tracy Village, and there's a couple of boys who are probably the same size as me and Johnny Anstess flying around, and... Mm. You got the likes of his little young Lenny Pratt. He's oh yeah, young, he's, young Lenny. He's a good ten years player. old, but he's yep. you know he's knee height to a grasshopper, and um, he, he was just one touch phenomenal. So yeah, we were it was good to see. We were saying earlier how much Southerners it looked in the St Mary's side, but it's not picking on St Mary's in that aspect because every side's got so many Southerners. But gee, St Mary's have got some really strong kids coming through there in those ranks, don't they? With those yeah, family mate. names. Uh, so we break down some of those games from last week, Rob. Uh, yeah, we, we, I reckon we do that after the break, Raf. We've got we're gonna go through the Tiwi Crocs game, Darwin Pints, Wanderers Tiwi, uh, Wanderers and Tars, Nycliffe and Saints. A few upsets. I picked. I think I only got two right. I think you might have got three. Yeah, I think I got it right. You yeah. got three. I got two. We'll, after <laughs> the break, ladies and gentlemen, we will go through our reviews of that game, the four games, and uh, discuss. Also, after the break, Ronnie Fiji will be coming on. Also, so stay tuned. Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. 
Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. So Raf, we'll just go through some of the games on the weekend. Um, I tipped... I tipped the Crocs in this one. You did as well, I believe. It was a great win for the Crocs. Um, a bit of a shootout on the islands. It was like I think it was 12 goals or 13 goals in the first quarter scored. I don't. I think Tiwi might drop off a bit from now. Yeah, mate. I think with a couple of losses through suspension. Um, yeah, it's, especially the the key midfields. Um, but yeah, after seeing that quarter time um, score, I thought the Tiwi were in for an upset there, and um, they were looking really good, but. So to district's credit, um, you know, we talk about being a quality side to be able to go anywhere and win a game of footy. They um, came back and, you know, stormed home and, and, and won that game, which we both tipped, like you said. So, what well up the, the Crocs. Um, yeah, and yeah, unfortunately for Tiwi, some of their, their main ball winners, Seam Daly, might be looking to have a, a four or five week um, rest, mate. So, yeah. it's unfortunate. But, yeah, it's, it's hard to, you know, like you get these quality players up here to help these boys out and, and mm. you know, it, it, it can get a bit frustrating out there, but you know if you're going to be a leader and 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 win the you know be your number one player for your team, I think I think this is um, something that's got to be looked at from Sam and maybe he can um, keep his fist to himself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a very worrying sign, and they, I think they got ten or eleven changes. I ran into Toysy yesterday. I think a criticism I did have of Southern Districts was they lacked that big forward. Um, they got a bloke Sam Dunstan that actually played at Waratahs last year. Um, he kicked seven or eight on the weekend, but yep. he'd done an injury at Waratahs where he'd done his ankle, and he was going to play Div 1. He played Div 1 with me in the second week of finals, but it just couldn't come up, and then they just decided not to go with him. Yeah. But I think he didn't even qualify anyway. But So I think, are you back on Southern Districts now, though? Yeah, mate. I think, um, well, then again, you know, Tiwi did fall away, um, whether they got frustrated and, and heated in the moment of the game. But, yeah, like we said, to go over there and, and get a good win. And Tiwi aren't as... Bad as what they used to as well, which is a credit to the, the Crocs. Like, we've seen how strong Tiri have become over the last month of footy. Um, yep. But, you know, and then I'll take my hat off to guys like Kim Cantilla, you know, kick six goals. Mate, he, he when he's up and about, like, he, he's one of my favourite players to watch. Yeah, he's right up there with Jared Stokes as most damaging players. But it might be his last game this week or was last week. So he's going back to South Adelaide. Right, that's, that's so going to hurt them as another, well, mate. Yeah, another yeah. bad sort of one out. But that game covered. Uh, we'll go into Wanderers versus Waratahs. So I put a bet on this one. I went the line bet. So <laughs> the line was 30 points. I thought Tars were going to win by 10 goals, and they did just that. Um, admittedly, Wanderers were inaccurate. Did you see that goal line? I think Wanderers kicked something like 18 points or something yeah, like that. Yeah, three goals, 14. Um, yeah. To th- 32. So, yeah, if you're getting that many shots on goal, you'd at least want to kick at least 10, maybe eight. <laughs> yeah, do you have any insight into that at AFL level? How much how much work did you just put into goal kicking at St Kilda? Well, you just played your, when you played your role, you knew where you played. And, um, mm. you know, we didn't do a lot of goal kicking us backmen, but you'd, you'd always practice your running shots. And, yep. um, you know, you'd, you'd always take a, a, a couple of minutes after each trainer to have your three or four shots to make mm. sure that if you did sneak forward, you, you were going to finish the job. Um, but yeah, whether that you know, it's it's hard when you're changing from oval to oval, and Gardens Oval is always one of those ones that is. I always find Gardens, I reckon, probably easier to kick goals out, t- yep. to be honest, than Marab because of the size. So whether the Wanderers boys just didn't have the kicking boots on, or it was a bit windy out there. But um, you know, look at Waratah's scoreline and they're 17-8. So you think 
It's yeah. um, just comes down to the Wanderers forwards themselves. Sometimes it's yeah. Sometimes it's how you're having shots as well. Like I think I had a lot of plans in my coaching to mark that footy in that 30, 40 zone in the corridor. Try to get the footy there and where it's more you know likely to shoot. Um, Magro, Morris, Carlin, and Collis all good for uh, Waratahs. Uh, I think McLean got his hands on it for you know twenty five plus. Wanderers have kicked twelve goals in the last three weeks, Raf. So, how do you think they can fix that inac- like inaccuracy? A bit of it's inaccuracy though, but twelve goals. You're not going to win any games of football kicking an average of four goals. Yeah, definitely. Um, to kick twelve goals is probably what you want each week. You know, yep. to, to get yourself over the line. But you know, going in with three goals, fourteen. Um, yeah, whether they're missing a key forward, um, you know, you know, you got the likes of Stephen Watt up there, but you can't have Stephen trying to do everything for you. Um, he's and and the funny thing is, he's kicking three to four goals every week when they're only kicking four goals themselves. Um, so they, they need a couple of avenues to help him out, um, whether Liam's been playing um, or not. Um, but he's he's another you know key position forward who can kick goals as well. But they're definitely missing that key center forward or full forward, I believe. Yeah, well, they also had Tyson White, who's actually, is a, his mother's a Cavillo, and he's been in the 18s in an emergency. He's like a little bit of a tallish forward, maybe yep. one, 186, maybe. They finally played him on the weekend, and he had 10 disposals, kicked zero four. but I don't know how impactful he was on the game, but he did have some shots. That's that's, that's promising, so yep. hopefully he gets a, get that boot kicking straight this week, and Turn into four majors, and that'll yeah. be a big positive. Only seventeen-year-old kid. So, Darwin beat uh, Pints in a game. I thought Pints did put out a bit of a weaker side on the weekend, but you know, but Pints just looked well off it, regardless, didn't they? Like um, Jared Stokes, though, he was outstanding. That's going to be the Achilles' heel of Pints, isn't it? Like players like Jared Stokes, um, Dill Lant out at TIO. Um, you know, Holtz Fitz looked you know, good in patches. Um, those guys with that burst pace, Pines just really struggle to deal with them. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's a hard one. You know, you you want Pines to be competitive and and have their best team every week, but if they they're not available or they're flying, it's you know the games that you think they should win, or you know after the the first couple of games we've seen them, you know we we actually thought this was going to go down to the wire, and it's still pretty close to their credit. But um, if they had a better side or picked the same side that beat Wanderers. You know, you'd, you'd see him almost knocking Buffaloes off, yep. um, and and it'd go right down to the wire. So, you know, that's a, that's the thing to come for Pints, whether they can get more blokes living here that are they're flying or more quality. Um, yep. Yeah, but I've got yeah, I've got an interesting question here for you, Raf, because you come from that era back in the day when you played in that strong St Kilda Geelong era, Collingwood. I'm not too sure if Collingwood did have a yeah you know, tagger in those eras, but. You guys obviously had Jones as a strong tagger, and and Ling always went to you know someone as well. It's famous in those grand finals nullifying those sort of players. Do you with how Buffalo's? Are you a fan of the tag though? Like a midfield tag? Yeah, I think so, mate. If 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 you got a player who's you know super fit and you know he he can do it, he does anything you ask him to, and mm. and, and he's a you know good listener. Um, I think it it is room for a tagger, especially if you you know like the likes of Philo and those types of guys. So we haven't really got a tagger at St Mary's, but they mm. turned Kieran Parnell into one just because he's mm. so dicta- um you know determined and mm. and so switched on when he is asked to do the job. So I don't mind having a tagger. Yep. Um, if you've got one there to use, yep. I reckon the best thing is to do is use him because it's only going to help you. Yep. So I'll put, throw a statement to you. Look, I honestly think that if I was going up against Buffaloes, I would. Over Dom, if they had in that midfield, you know, Prime Train's been getting high twenties. 
and he goes through the midfield high half forward. If you had Prime Train, Mitch Robinson, Jared Stokes, and Dom Brewer in there going through there, I'd be tagging Jared Stokes because from what I've seen on the weekend, I think Robinson's going to do his part and just link play. Brewer's going to be that tough inside mid. You're going to have an inside mid go with him. But, geez, Jared Stokes, he's going to be a hard player to tag, but I'd be tagging Jared Stokes. Who? What, what's your thoughts on that? Who would you go with? Yeah, definitely, mate. A couple, especially those couple of goals he kicked. Like, he just oh. picked it up and hit hit the, hit the afterburners, and he, he just burnt off everybody. And, you know, no one could catch him and kicked a goal, a couple of goals there from 30 out. And it was, I was like, holy smokes, what was that? And, yeah. Um, you know, if you can impact that and stop that, like you said, everyone's going to have their links. And, you know, Robbo and those guys playing those type of roles. But... To be able to pick the ball up and burn players off and, and finish yep. is, is amazing. Um, so if you could in, slow down that influence <laughs> oh. on a game, uh, all for it. Even Bradley Stokes <laughs> kicked that goal as well, and he sort of just yeah. it was like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. But when the Jared did a couple of those goals and breaking from packs, I'd actually go and re back and rewind it to see where the Pines blokes were, and they were trailing. Yeah. Like, they were seven, eight <laughs> metres off him. So it was just, you know, that was like, uh, yeah, it's going to be with Pines Achilles heel, isn't it? Like the ability for them to go with those quicks Quicks, that these, you know, the top ranked sides do have. Thanks everyone for you listening to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will get back to you. We're going to go through the Nycliffe and Saints game. Massive win for St. Mary's just after the break as well as Ronnie Fiji. Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Rain and Horn Darwin will find a a place to write your next chapter. So, Raph, we've got the St. Mary's. We've covered the other games. Wondrous Tars, Tiwis, Crocs, Darwin Pines. A few, you know, minor little tweaks there in those games. A few, oh, an upset a little bit with Buffs, Wheat and Pines, but not really. Um, but done it pretty compre- uh, comprehensively. Nycliffe Saints, mate. We're both at this game. Um, I didn't run into you, though. I've seen you from a distance. Saints, you know, um, they walked past me in the warm-up and they just seemed on, didn't they? So, they just seemed on. They seemed like they knew this was a game they wanted to win and it sort of felt that way, didn't it? Yeah, mate, and they've sort of set themselves. Um, it's good to see the Saints now. I think that's three in a row. So they've the shaky start they had. They've sort of fixed that now. Um, so yeah, Chopper's got the boys um, primed and ready to go. And it's good to see young young guys like Jacob Long starting to find some form and hit his straps as well, mate. Because when he's up and going, like a couple of years ago, he was one of the best little halfbacks is getting around and he seems to be finding that form again. Yeah, I think Jacob Long, I was actually going to bring that up to you, it's funny you mentioned that. He's, I thought three weeks ago, I thought, I had actually had a yarn to someone, I was like, does he even want to play football? He just seemed like he didn't really care as much and on the weekend, just him kicking out the football, getting the hands back, Nycliffe were just so slow to react to him, Matty Green, um, Wiz Parnell, they're doing whatever they like back there in the quick play out of the back half and their back half ball movement was really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said before the show, when we mentioned um, about this game, I think um, lucky for St. Mary's because um, they, they did the work early, but mm. I think Nycliffe in the end ended up losing the game rather than St. Mary's winning it because the, the opportunities they had getting in the ball inside 50, um, you know, the, the amount of scoring shots they had um, to only lose by two points and even a kick after the siren to win the game from about 30 out. Um, yeah. I, I thought the game was over. I thought Nycliffe were home with that last five minutes with the amount of footy they had. <laughs> I just thought, oh, here it is. It's going to happen. Um, yeah. and, and the Nycliffe crowd are going to go mad over there on the, on the second half. Yeah, so like, second level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. Even, even I was at the Saints sort of end, um, sitting with Shawnee Edwards and um, Sabo Rioli, the number one ticket holder at St Mary's, <laughs> and um, so we were sitting there, and even like all the St Mary's mob, you could tell just like they just knew that yeah, it was he happen. wasn't missing that. Nah. And then he 
he's lucky to get a point. But in saying that also, I think it's a, it somewhat might be a good loss for Nycliffe because I think they were getting a bit complacent. And I think it was a loss where they can address a few of their issues dealing with pace up in their back half as well, mate. Um, so, yeah, we spoke. Matty Green also great. Paredes great. Wiz Parnell great. Um, where, where are Saints' weak points, do you think, Raf? I still think their half-back line at times is um, very vulnerable. Mm. Um, you know, I think they bring in Wil- Wilkinson and um, Auden has still been playing. Uh, I think they just don't take enough body for their size. If they're going to, you know, hit a contest, if you're not going to hit the ball, either take the body as well, make a player get up and take his kick, you know, slow the mm. play down a bit. Uh, there's a couple of times right in front of me, I think there was a contest where... They miss, miss both ball and player, and the bloke could take an uncontested mark, like especially mm. medium types like Michael Mummery and uh, Ryan Nyhouse, um, those type of guys, and, and just untouched. Um, where in, in senior footy, you, you should be hitting bodies and making blokes earn a kick if you, if they do take a mark on you, um, yeah, exactly. is, is my opinion. Um, yep. But, yeah, that's that's what I, I think Saints seem to lack. Um, and you look at the scoring shots Nycliffe had. If they didn't have Matty Green back there, it, it would have been a, a one-way train for the Nycliffe um, yeah. kicking goals. I do I did think there was a few opportunities early as well, though, for St. Mary's. that They could have been up by probably 10 more points yep. because Nate Paredes missed that goal running in, no pressure, and he had Champ over the back. But we were discussing it there at, at the game. I would have shot as well, but he just missed. And then yeah. I think it was – I don't know if it was missing, but – Yaron was running into the open goal. I don't know if you've seen that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was two really um, opportunities there for um, goals for St. Think, Mary's. Yeah, I think on that note too, mate, I think they've got to find another, or not another avenue, but I think mm. just the getting stuck in that kick long to Calder and Grenfell. Um, everyone's they, worked that out. Everyone's worked that out. Mm. So that's probably why they're only kicking nine goals or ten goals a game because if, you, if you're not, you're playing on a half, half forward, and, and, you know, you could just roll off and pick those marks off all day of the week. I'd love to be playing against St. Mary's at the moment. I'd yeah. be, you know, you'd be able to get your four or five intercept marks or even spoil it, um, bring yep. it to ground and run off. Yeah, I think Champ did look like he didn't want to move much from full forward, but I think now he's moving up the ground. And, and you move up the ground as well. He had a good tank. You get your you know, Yeah, defender. he'll beat him on the way back. Yeah, he'll beat yeah. him on the way back. A Nycliffe back in the pack for yours? Um, I think they're still a top four side. Um, yep. It was it was probably the quietest game I've ever seen Cammy Island play. I know he came mm. back from either injury or, or just a, a couple of weeks off. Um, but I, I mentioned someone mentioned to me like he only had about ten touches maybe, and he just didn't yeah. look like he had any impact on the game whatsoever. So yeah, I think he um, might have had fifteen, but. I agree with the impact. I yeah. didn't really notice him. Yeah, exactly. So whether you know he's he was a bit underdone and bit bit of cobweb from having a week off, but um, you know Nycliffe will definitely bounce back every time they lose, and we'll see how they go this week, mate. Yeah, well they started him on the ball, which I didn't think. You know, coming back from injury, yeah, you had old come, age. Start him off a half forward flank, half, half forward yeah, flank, or just start him on the one. bench and let him work into it. Uh, we'll get preview the other four games after the break, ladies and gentlemen. Rain and Horn Darwin, find a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. So, Raf, we've covered all games. Nycliffe Saints, uh, great win for St. Mary's. Obviously, they probably could have beaten Wanderers as well early in the year. Um, <coughs> they get the Chockeys, though, this time. Uh, pre- review the game Preview the game for Southern Districts versus Pines. We do have Ronnie Fijo coming on after this break. Crocs are starting to gel. They did bring a few high-name recruits in. Dennis hit in strong form. They've got about four or five state league-level midfielders at his feet. So that that, that that sort of midfield and that ruck combination is really going to be something that's going to set them up well for finals footy. 
Yeah, definitely. And we, I think we mentioned it before that if um, if they get their eight or nine home games and they win all of them, they definitely put themselves in a top three contention. Um, but even just that alone, the the, the squad they've put together, um, yep. Tishan and um, Rusker and the boys, they've, they've recruited well. Yep, and, they and there's still have. blokes like Maddie Dennis that you've probably never seen leaving the nest. Mm. Um, and then we'll also have young Ronald who's coming on next. Um, you yep. know, he's another player in his prime, um, ready to take on the take on the whole comp really um yeah. you know he's he's been up and about you know we spoke about um we'll mention to him about his um chances of getting on that bombers list last year vfl list yeah. so he's thereabouts mate and um to have those two boys join your club or any club would be you know a big 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 uh recruit in itself so the districts are looking really good mate yeah, I'm, I'm a tad more not. I'm not optimistic on pints anymore. Um, I think that you know they are very workmanlike, and I think they're going to pair off well and make you earn every kick. Yeah. But they just look like that little bit pace, just a little bit off it, don't they? Yeah, and I think we mentioned that that they were going to be a very very consistent side. Mm. Um, whether they sneak a couple of wins here and there, which they've done, so yep. I think they've they've lived up to what we've expected so far, and I don't think we're going to get too many more wins out of them. No, I don't think so either. I think um, I think Crocs will just have that class above uh, Pints. Yeah, in definitely the end too there. strong in the end. After the break, guys, we're going to have Ronnie Fijo on the show, the young Southern Districts uh, winger. Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top Hand. Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got the young fellow Ronnie Fijo on the phone. Ronnie, you there, mate? Yeah, I'm here, mate. How's it going? Yeah, good, mate. Um, obviously a big move for you, going from uh, Wanderers, where, you know, it's been your family club, you've been there for a while, and um, junior footballer there and all that, and then having that move to go to Southern Districts, what were some of the reasons behind your move, mate? Um, well, I'll just say um, one of my good mates, Brandon Rusker, and um, his dad, Uncle Robbie, um, had a little chat to me about it and um, said Shannon would be happy to have me this year and he'd look after me over there and um, I'd say it's one of my other family clubs as well with my pop playing there when he first started playing footy so um, I think that was a big difference in my, uh, in me moving there. Yeah, mate. Um, how's it been? You know, well, how did, firstly, mate, how did Wanderers take it and how did you break that news to them? Um, well, honestly, I don't really um, know how they took it. I haven't really heard or um, spoke to any of the boys uh, specifically about it. But... Um, I pretty much just, I don't know, kept it low-key and told a few few of the boys there, a few of my closer mates there, and um, they weren't too fussed about it. <clears throat> yeah, you, are you surprised with Wanderers how they've dropped off this year from being a top side in the previous years? Um, yeah, I, I, I was actually. I thought they were going to... Um, well, it's only still not too far in the season, so they can obviously bounce back, but um, I was expecting with the list they had that they would be you know, right up at, right up at the top there. Yeah, right now it does look like a good decision. How has Shannon uh, Rusker been as a coach? Shannon Rusker is one of the guys that I really like in the NTFL. He's always been a nice bloke to me. I played fun- Thunder footy with him as a kid, and he was one of those senior blokes. And he's been—he was always like a bit of a role model. And my old man really gets along with him as well, which you know speaks volumes. So, how's Shannon Rusker been, mate? Yeah, no, he's been—he's um, been awesome with me. He's um, taken care of me. He's got me a car and that to get um, back and forth from training and. You know, his experience with footy, obviously playing at the top level and, you know, playing all different types of footy in the sample and stuff like that is, um, yeah, really good. And, you know, it's just been a good help, good helping hand for me. And, 
yeah, it's been real good. How you going, Ronnie? Raf Clark here, mate. Um, yeah, how, how you been fitting in there, mate, with the new teammates and that? Um, you, you've, you've been able to play your own style and, and play with your own, you know, a bit of license, or you you fit in, you know, quite well. Um, no, they've been really welcoming, and you know, with this year, it's a whole different group to last year. They've all said so. There's a fair few new boys, and I don't know. I think um, every week I just go out and you know play my style of footy, and Shannon allows that, and the boys you know, get around me for it. And, um, yeah, I think that's just, um, you know, something they let me do is just, yeah, give me a license to, you know, play my own style of footy, but then also um, do the team things when I can and when I have to. <clears throat> yeah, mate, two years ago, mate, when Wanderers were sitting third, I think, and you and Bo O'Connell were running right, I must say, like, that form two years ago that you were at, that was it was out, you were peaking that year and you ended up going away SANFL and playing at the Bloods, didn't you? Is your goal now to get back to that kind of form? Because you sh- you've shown glimpses of getting back to that kind of form, just adapting to that new team. Yeah, that's um, one, of, one of my goals, I reckon. I think that's just um, comes with, I don't know, a bit of fitness as well. I feel like I'm not at my fittest still, even though I've had that preseason and had those mm. first few games. I still think I'm getting to that level of fitness that I was at um, when I went away for sample. So I'm still looking to get at that. Yeah, you've always been a good runner. I remember at Thunder there, Joseph Salmon can run, and you were the only bloke that was just behind him. Um, so, yeah, your running is elite. And uh, the, I remember talking to Shawnee Wilson also, mate. Like, you guys, you and Bo that day at Nycliffe Oval tore, you know, Nycliffe apart, and it'd be great to see you get back to that form. And you had a bit of that form also when you were best on ground against Waratahs earlier in the year at the home ground there. So let's talk about, about the Essendon Footy Club. How was it? I'm an Essendon supporter. I was rooting for you. I was hoping you could get on that list, but you ended up losing out to like a player like Nick Martin, didn't you, who's went on to play some good football. How was it at the Bombers? Um, yeah, it was unreal experience. Um, I don't know. It was sort of like a reality check down there, you know, watching all these blokes on TV and then um, you come in one day and you're, you know, sitting in a change room next to them. And, yeah, it was a big <clears throat> sort of learning curve for me with... Um, the professionalism and stuff like that. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah, all the professionalism and stuff. Like, yep. And I just getting my eating right, keeping up with my fitness, waking up at the right times, getting there early, prepping and stuff. So it was definitely a big reality check with um, like all of that sorts of stuff. And it was a big learning curve for me, I reckon. Yeah, how did, how did your fitness run up? Because I think I uh, run up compared to those guys. Because I think at Thunder, I remember you ran... Might have been low sixes for a 2K. How did your running stack up to the midfielders at Essendon? Um, so the first lot um, wasn't actually too great before I, like before Christmas break. So I wasn't I wasn't at my fittest then. That was after the draft combine. Yep. And I had head back home for a bit before I went over there and I wasn't at my fittest. So um, I, had, I sat down and had a talk to Adrian and um, he just pretty much said straight out to me, like, I need to get my fitness up. Um, like it's not going to cut it at this level, and um, you know I took <clears throat> took a lot of stuff out of that, and then I got got I uh, put myself onto like a sort of diet and all that stuff, and come back home and did a bit of training at home, and then went back and um, I was a lot better when I went back again. I was um, a lot more fit, <clears throat> but I still wasn't at um, their level at those like those top midfielders, like the you know you will like Snellings, Parish, like all those sorts of guys. But, um, yeah, it was a lot better than when I first went up there. Yeah, Ronnie, uh, Raf again, mate. Bloody 
One thing I really enjoyed about you, mate, is that you, every time you sort of went past myself or things like that, you always ask questions and you always wanted to know um, other things, how to get better. Um, what are you looking forward to in the next probably, you know, six months or even, you know, going forward and going playing footy down south again? What is um, some things that you really know that you can get better at and, and, and you know, put your hand up for even a, a spot later on in, uh, on an AFL list? Um, I'm not too focused on um, anything outside of uh, districts at the moment. Like I'm pretty just much just focused footy. on, yeah, just enjoying my footy and getting back into it because I did lose a little bit of love for it, but I'm slowly getting back into it, which is good. And yeah, I think yep. I'm just focusing on that and my happiness at the moment. And then um, also like my fitness and my strength and stuff. I think I can improve those sorts of things and then um, learn a little bit more as I go. And I think that'll help me a lot. Yeah, awesome, mate. That's good. That's good to hear because uh, once you're enjoying your footy and you and you're turning up just for the love of it and to have fun with your mates, I think that's when you get your best out of yourself. Um, and especially the guys you have around with you, like the likes of Maddie Dennis and even Shannon's coaching ability. I, th- I think it's only a positive for yourself, mate. So, yeah, that's that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, what's your expectations, Ronnie? for the Southern Districts Crocs now. Is top three the goal that you guys have spoken about or is it more just consistent footy every week? Um, I think, um, like, spots are like, top three, I think that comes with consistency and I think that's what Shannon Shannon's looking at is just being consistent every week, keeping that bar set up high and, you know, don't go below the bar, just sort of stuff like that and just, yeah, pretty much just keeping consistent every week and, um, <clears throat> yeah, and that's pretty much it, really. Yeah, I've seen Brandon Rusker's been doing a fair bit of boxing down with Josh Saraselli. Have you been going down there at all, mate? Um, I went to one session and then um, haven't been back since, but I've been like wanting to go, but I don't know, just haven't really rocked up, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good stuff, mate. Anyway, Ronnie, uh, thanks, mate. I'll be commentating your game this week, so uh, make sure you uh, get your 30 and uh, contribute to the team, and I'll uh, speak to you when I see you, mate. Thanks, Ronnie. <laughs> no worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers, mate. Ronnie Fijo there. So, young player that did go through that draft system. Um, he's definitely got the talent to be at an AFL list. I, even when I coached against him two years ago, I thought he was the best player in the age group. Yeah, definitely, and mate. Yeah. And like you said, when you spoke about that form, him and Bo O'Connell were in a couple of years ago, it mm. was just something that you, you, you had to sit back and watch because the speed and uh, mm. the ability which he hit the ball and did everything out, like not many players can do you know, run, bounce and kick at top speed. A lot of blokes have to slow down a little bit. And yeah. Yeah, he's one of those blokes can do it all at, at, at his max pace. So when he's up and going, Ronnie, he's one of the better ones to watch. That's Definitely sure. an elite runner. So we'll go into a couple of these games now. Thanks for that, Ronnie Fijo. Uh, St. Mary's Palmy tonight's game. Jellyman Turner is in the Jellyman. Jelly got Lant yep. and you got uh, Snakeskin Ted Castle coming in. Outs, you've got Jetta, Betts and Varco are both not in for Palmy, but they do have Matty Stokes, Cam Peterson and a guy named Gary Ablett coming in. Who are you predicting this one? Clarkie was going Palmerston. I'm actually going to tip Palmy, but it's a very reluctant tip. Um, what are you thinking here? Yeah, whether the, the occasion itself gets a, the Palmerston boys to lift another gear and, and, and even get them over the line, but um, there's some good ins for St. Mary's. As, you know, like the likes of Bo Tedcastle, he's potentially going to be a a draft prospect in the next week or two. Um, and then, you know, Jellyman Turner, a premiership player. So Saints are, are not mucking around and, and, and just turning up to play just because it's Gary Ablett's game. I think they're, you know, they're going for their third or fourth in a row now. So 
They've stopped making third, around, yep. yeah, third in a row. So they've had those couple of losses early in the season. So I think they've realised this is the time to get serious and get enough wins in before Christmas so you're not chasing your tail yeah. after Christmas. So yep. I, I believe the St. Mary boys are going to be up and about and ready to go. Whether they get distracted by the, um, the Gary Ablett, Fernandzi and, you know, yep. everyone going mad and, you know, we never know what's going to happen tonight. But... Um, being the St. Mary's man, I'm always going to tip St. Mary's, but it's like I said to Stokes, it's going to be awesome to see him run around back out there um, in his magpie colours. Um, you know. to, to, to be honest, Ralph, I think it would have been like the worst predict. If I was coaching an Oppo club, I wouldn't predict to go up against St. Mary's in this sort of thing. I was saying <laughs> St. Mary's are going to come to play. Yeah. Only the two wins in the row, but they've been against Districts and Nycliffe, who are both top four, top five sides. So that, that gives a lot of merit, and that's what they needed to do after losing to those bottom yeah. sides. Bo Tedcastle's an interesting one. Him playing, he's in that draft window. Is that a good or bad thing for me? It's good. Yeah, I I sort of wasn't too happy with him playing because I went through the same predicament, mate, um, when I was getting drafted. Um, you know, do you play and you're that itchy to play and he's been training and, um, yeah, whether he's a late later draft picked or, you know, if he's a rookie, maybe mm. it gives him, you know, the license to go and have a kick. But, yeah, he just hopefully he gets through unscathed and um, has a good game. Yeah, if he goes out and ticks the box, or Ben Nason's also in for Palmerston. If he goes out and ticks the boxes, brings that good forward pressure, uses that, he's got a good leg, uses that skill, and gets on a couple of goals, and yeah. it could be a game where, you know, recruiters... Gets him over the line, yeah, Gets definitely. him over the line as one of those late picks in and the draft. And he doesn't, doesn't really miss it when he's in front of goals, so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to Bo putting on a show tonight if he gets the footy in his hands. Yeah, Bo, you need to put on a show. Um, thanks, guys. After the, after the break here, guys, we're going to go into the Buffalo's Nightcliffe game and predict also the Wanderers and Tiwi one, which I think is at Tracy Village Oval. You're listening to Rain and Horn, Darwin. We will love your listing. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End with Robbie and Raf Clark. We've got the Buffalo's Nycliffe game and the Wanderers Tiwi games to go into. Wanderers Tiwis, I think we can wrap this one up pretty quick. Um, Tiwis have 10 out, Daly suspension, which is super costly. Does Stephen Motlop play? I'm not sure. He's carrying that injury, Raf. Um, this will be a very offensive uh, game of football. I hope it's a dry day tomorrow because I want this to be a shootout. I want 30 goals. Yeah, mate. And uh, Wanderers need to be kicking 30 goals because, like we said, they've averaged about four or five goals. So it'll be good yep. for them to hit the scoreboard, get that kicking boot straight. Like they said, we said they what they kick 14 goals, 14 or something on the weekend. So. This could be if, a game they if get Stephen there. is carrying a bit of an injury, it'd be best for him to sit out, mate, and um, you know let yeah. the Wanderers boys get the job done. It could be a good game for him to sit out, considering how many tea we have as well. He yeah, does have exactly. that that soft tissue, whatever it is in his foot, I think. Yeah. But they they could really kick twenty goals, you know, twenty goals to ten. That could be a good healthy win for him. So you got Buffs Nycliffe. This is you know, if we weren't having the Saints Palmerston game and Ablett in, this is a ripper. This is yeah, this is the match of the round almost if it wasn't so, the Saints Maggie's. You've also got the Buffalo boys that are left Nycliffe. So you've got Holtz Fitz, Riley and Nicky. Yeah. Kane Riley and Coco Nicky. Um, their first games against their former clubs. Um is Don Brew back in. I don't think right? Don Brew's playing yeah, this week. Right. But he's playing I think they're playing the next three or four after this round yep. um, so they've got those guys in like Kane Riley's getting into some good form Coco and Nicky's always one of those sort of players that can turn it on when he wants and Holt Fitz is the best crummer in the league yeah um, I'm actually leaning towards Buffaloes in this one um, mm. you know Nycliffe have to bounce back from a loss but like I said they probably threw that game in the end instead of Saints winning it but the bus form at the moment I'm going to back the Buffaloes in this one by about three goals, mate. Yeah, I'm sort of going down the line of um, tipping Nightcliff, 
but I'm constantly tipping Nycliffe. And yeah. I just if Buffs can pair off um, and, and show a bit bit of respect to Nycliffe's offensive play, then I really think Buffs are in this game. I'm tipping Nycliffe, but no, with no confidence there, Raf. Yeah, yeah. So let's touch on some of the women's football um, this week. We'll go through the ladder. The ladder is taking a bit of similar shape in the women's football compared to the, the same as the men's prems. Yep. So you've got Tars and Points at top. So one and two. Um, I don't think that's going to change too much from nah, now. Nah, it looks pretty pretty set in stone, stone, that stuff. Yep. So that's the same a little bit with the men's, but probably not as strong as our Tars and Pints are looking. Buffs, you've got Buffs at third with 16, and you got Tiwi and Saints with 12. Saints getting that win. I, I believe I've seen you there as a water boy, mate. Yeah, so how yeah. the hell was that? <laughs> um, the girls said they were short because the, the reserve girls played at Jabber in the morning. So they, yep. had, they said they had no helpers. So, hmm. yeah, I put my hand up um, and jumped in there, mate, and... Um, Gave him a few tips, which you're not allowed to coach when you're out there, so I almost got myself in trouble. But the yeah. girls, three games, three wins in a row now, the Saints girls. So they're finally gelling together, those new couple of players. And, um, yeah, it only looks, looks like a road. It's looking good for them. Yeah, well, that was a, that was a really eight-point game, wasn't it, against yeah, Nycliffe? Definitely. They got the Chockeys, and that puts them into fifth. So that third spot's going to be there for the taking. They do versus Buffaloes next week, which we might have to get... Takisa or Gemma on for that one. Yep. That puts Tigers but and Palmerston at eight points. Districts at four and Wanderers at zero. I think Tigers are the only one out, out of those sides from what I've seen that could Can probably come in. into that yeah. top six. But that third spot's there for the taking. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, so this week's games, Pints versus Districts, Nycliffe versus Buffs, Wanderers versus Tiwi and Palmy versus Saints. I don't think there's any issues in tipping any of these games. Nycliffe and Palmerston will be the game of the round in that in that competition. I've got Pints beating Districts comfortably, I believe. Tiwi should beat Wanderers. Um, that would be at Tracy Village. Yep. St. Mary's versus Palmerston, which should be a good game, but I think Saints should get up by five or six goals. And Nycliffe versus Buffaloes. At that will be at probably at TIO. And that TIO will, that'll, yeah. yeah, that'll be on the TV, I believe. I think two games are on the TV this, this week, which is yep. yep. Well, from what we from yeah. the yeah, the roster we've seen, so that's good for women's football. Um, I'm tipping Buffett's to beat Nycliffe. Yeah, mate. Um, after the weekend, I think that the Nycliffe girls um, might get done again by Buffs just by seeing Saints tip them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Saints hopefully back. Enough for another win against the Magpies on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, so I was just... And also, there's I've got a list here of stuff. So that's the women's football in a nutshell. Um, the AFLW res- games this week, mate. So we've got Adelaide Crows going up against the Demons. How are you seeing uh, that? Crows... Oh, sorry. The Lions, yep, yeah. The Lions and the Demons are going up against North. North. Um, it's, it's a surprise. I don't think many people have picked North. I think everyone picked them to go out in straight sets, mate, but they've set a few upsets. And um, Well, they come, they didn't even finish in the top four. Yeah, so, but I, I think they might be out of luck with this one. I think the Melbourne Demon girls are way too strong and, and they've been building that side for a couple of years. So I think Melbourne, for my liking, um, against North, um, will get a pretty easy win, I think. Um, and... Unfortunately, Danielle Ponto, I think the the Brisbane Lions girls are looking very, very good. But you never know, um, yeah. you know, with the Adelaide Crows girls, they they can beat anybody. So mm-hmm. hopefully, Danielle puts on the um, with, puts on a show yeah. and beats them. Yeah, I'm I'm the same tipping, but I think yeah, with Adelaide with the expansion clubs, Adelaide did take a hit, didn't they, with yeah. those players after winning the premiership? They've done well to come top four. Definitely, it'd be it would definitely be tough for them to beat the Lions in yeah up you in know, Brisbane up in Brisbane. So I was going through some stuff. I was going, through, you know, when you go through the Play HQ results, Raf, you go through and you see some names. And Clarkie had put together a list of the top five names in the league. Um, <laughs> he's done the top five and ranked them, but the guys that I mentioned are in there. 
are there. So you got number five, we've got Cypress Hart. Cypress Hart. Cypress Hart. <laughs> He's an umpire. Not too sure. I think he might be field or boundary. But yeah, Cypress Hart. That's, that's a, a decent yeah. name. Then we've got the uh, number four, we've got the 80s rock star, Diesel Cole. Diesel. Diesel. So Not cheap at um, the moment. It must be a relation to Johnny Diesel, the singer. <laughs> but um, Diesel Cole there. And I think he plays in the 18s for Wanderers. So now we've got number three. I like this name. It's Silver Yusuf. So quick silver, <laughs> lining up at the pints there with the uh, fr- uh, with the dreadlocks. Then you got the young fella at Nycliffe at number two, Phoenix Joe Paul, oh, which yeah. is you know a good name. That's, that's a mouthful in itself. Mate. Yep. And uh, <laughs> the number one name, obviously, this guy's running right at the banks at the moment. Been best players in their Premier League reserve for a fair while, and that's Jack Russell. Jack so you got Jackie Russell there, <laughs> just snipping at the heels. Every yeah, snip at the heels. Very reliable bloke. So Raf, what are you? What's your plans for this weekend, mate? Yeah, mate, we've got another game tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Just yeah, put, pushing the dew off the off the grass again. Yeah, if, if a storm well. hasn't come through, but yeah, another hit out against Pints, believe it or not. So um, hopefully the boys are ready to go, and we've got a few extra. Da- um, we've got about four boys coming in from Daly, so that's always good to have the boys from Daly River joining in with our St Mary boys, and um, a few of us played in the Catherine footy season with the Daly River's first side. So yep. we get to continue to grow that. Um, you know, that relationship and hopefully um, make it better for the Catherine Footy Comp next year. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm going to go for a bike ride soon before we get on to yeah. the... Yeah, trying to shed these kilos, mate. Oh, yeah, the mate. Gaza, Gaza Not, at luncheon today. Yeah, yeah. You keen for that? Yeah, it should be interesting, mate. Um, yeah, it would be a good, good little um, chat and hear what he's got to say about his uh, experiences up here. So looking forward to that one. Yeah, and it is uh, free beer and some food as well. Just a quick one too, Rob. I forgot to mention uh, we got some news that Novak Djokovic got his uh, the clearance to get into Australia. So the visas come through by the Australian government. And here's a bit of audio from Novak actually to say what he has to say about the Australian government. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, last year, obviously, left left a bitter taste in, in, in you know with me and you know my family and everybody but uh, I'm very happy and uh, want to thank the Australian government for removing the ban and allowing me granting me the visa to to enter Australia so the joke is back in the Australian Open next year look out yep that should bring in some uh, that should bring in some people Thank everyone thanks for listening in uh, next week will be another massive show guys we're going to preview a lot of games of football thanks for listening to Rain and Horn Darwin find a place to write your next chapter It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.